Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Uh, the play actions, you know, he's really good at the, the boots and the play actions and, you know, getting the ball vertically down the field. Uh, Lockett, you know, is a tremendous receiver, Metcalf. So, you know, I think it's just the way, the style that they want to play. You know, I, I talked to Pete. Uh, I think it was my first year, and, uh, you know, we were running the ball pretty good then, play action. I said, yeah, we're trying to be like you. Mike Zimmer's answer to a question I asked him about the Seattle running game helping Russell Wilson and the passing game. Matthew Collar here back on Purple Daily. And uh, I have to ask Myron Metcalf about this. Three of your colleagues on ESPN, Myron, all just pick the Seattle Seahawks to win. You know what that means. If the Vikings win, it will get tweeted out a million times. Hi, you guys picked the other team, and look how stupid you are. So that's, that's going to be a thing. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's how it always is, right? I mean, but the thing is, like, you got two good teams, yeah. so anything can happen. But, but I think most people are probably on that side of the fence considering where it is, right? I mean, this is a game where you got two comparable teams, uh, being in Seattle matters, I think, a lot for this matchup. I don't know that there are a lot of folks who are confident that the Vikings can go and beat Seattle on the road, um, but I still think it'll be a good game. It could go either way. A lot of big strength for both teams, weaknesses as well. Uh, obviously, Adam Thielen uh, for the Vikings. How does that affect the use of the tight ends for Minnesota? But, then, you know, Tyler Lockett hasn't been 100%. They got some return questions in Seattle, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. So who should really trust their team? Like you said a few weeks ago, and it really stuck with me, that you just don't really trust the Vikings. And then they go out against Denver and get down 20 points in the first half. Like yeah, pro- yeah. proving your point that it's hard to completely trust them, even though they have a really good record and great statistics and things like that. But I look around the NFL and think, gosh, who really trusts their team? Like out in Seattle tonight, are the Seattle fans walking into that stadium going, <laughs> We're Seattle. We're going to win this game. I don't think they are either because they have enough weaknesses. And that sort of puts Minnesota in a very interesting mix in the NFC where San Francisco lost to Seattle and lost to Baltimore. And New Orleans had that blip on the radar against Atlanta. So they're not perfect. Green Bay got run out of the building, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I think that uh, this game really decides who can trust their team in big games. Yeah, I mean, you know, go back to Baltimore losing to Cleveland somehow, right? I mean, yes, this is yeah. a league where a lot of craziness can happen. I'll tell you what, Seattle fans 
are probably thinking. They're thinking we have had multiple situations where the only reason we walked away with a W was because our quarterback played Marvel Avengers football, (laughs) played this sort of next-level ball. So I don't know that that's a comfortable feeling. Like, you go back to the San Francisco taping, wow, how amazing was that? But you go, okay, 90 out of 100 times, does it go San Fran's way? I think so. Yeah. Just because you needed Russell Wilson to be so miraculous. And I think that's the team that Seattle is. Whereas Minnesota is a team where you go, okay, defensively, if you avoid some of the big breakdowns that have cost them in the past, the offensive personnel has been solid enough to where they, they become a pretty reliable group. In Seattle, they're going, we know it's coming down to the fourth quarter and Russell Wilson making big plays and that is the position they've been in multiple times. Now, they come out on top, but can they do that against a good Minnesota team? I think there are two teams and two fan bases that probably feel the same about their respective teams. We like you. We think you have a chance to make a run, but we're not all the way in in terms of trust. So in the past, when the Vikings would play against the Packers, we would just say the word Aaron Rodgers and then go whoa, whoa, right after, right? Like it just, there, <laughs> yeah. He was playing at such an unbelievable <laughs> level for a while. It yeah. was just terrifying to even say his name. And that's not really the case now with Rodgers. He's still real good, but super washed and just, you know, you think you can beat him. It, when they come here for Monday night, I'm not doing the thing because I think they can yeah. beat the Packers when they come here for Monday night. Russell Wilson, though, might have that to him this year. When you look at the way he's playing, not just outside the pocket, but inside the pocket, too, he ranks among the top quarterbacks in quick throws when he's throwing to his first read. Even if you make him stand in the pocket and throw the ball, it's not like that's the way to beat him because he can do just about everything. And the Vikings' defense is all of a sudden vulnerable, uh, Myron, to the passing game more than they've been in the past where... Brandon Allen, now benched, has a decent half against you. And Case Keenum has a decent half against you. And Chase Daniel and Matt Moore. That doesn't really bode particularly well for the Vikings here. Are you feeling shootout in this one? Well, I definitely uh, could see that happening. The thing with the quarterbacks you mentioned, right? And I've said this on the show, Kyle, I really have. I trust Minnesota more against good teams than I do when it's right there on the plate for them, right? Mm. Matt Moore, oh, they're going to go to Kansas City and they're going to beat Matt Moore. How do you, I mean, you're not going to lose to Matt Moore and the Chiefs. You did. Okay, you're going to go to Chicago. Chase Daniel, come on, you're going to beat him. Like, this is a team where I honestly think they're better when you say you're going to Dallas. Everybody thinks you're going to lose. Uh, this is a tough environment, a tough opponent, and you come away with the win. Minnesota actually is better in that situation. It's when you go, it's right there. It's got to be an easy game where they almost start to overthink it and you see a situation where you're down 20-0 to Denver. Um, whereas I think Russell Wilson does have that wow factor. I mean, going back to that Thursday night throw to Tyler Lockett, still maybe the greatest yeah. throw we've seen this year. I'll say this, Collar, and, and maybe this is silly, but I think a lot of people might be in this boat. If you're starting a franchise today and you're trying to build a franchise build it into a playoff contender and a team that maybe wins a Super Bowl. How many quarterbacks are you starting with over Russell Wilson? Not many. Maybe Mahomes. You know, I mean, it might be Mahomes. Uh, You know, there just aren't many that you're saying, okay, I'd start with that guy over Russell Wilson. It's almost like we get enamored by his consistency, but we don't acknowledge how great he's been because he's been great for so long. And he started to do it pretty early in his career. 
playing at a high level. Now it's sort of like, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson's good. And then you see him against San Fran, and you're like, oh, my goodness. He's more than good, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks we have seen and one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. But that can put up big numbers in the same scenario. Quarterback play down the stretch will be important. We know what Russell Wilson can do, but Kirk Cousins has a lot more help. Talking with uh, ESPN's Myron Metcalf here on Purple Daily. Eric Eager coming up in a bit. Courtney Cronin from Seattle as well as we prepare you for the Vikings and the Seahawks tonight. And of course, as always, we'll have scorenorth.com coverage and Judd and I will record late in the evening a podcast reacting to what we just saw on the Purple Daily podcast feed. So make sure you check all of that uh, out. Uh, This game, Myron, has uh, narrative busters all over it in a way. Um, Kirk Cousins can prove he can play on Monday Night Football where he's Owen whatever. And even though his numbers are actually quite good in primetime over his career, that's going to hang over him until he wins against someone good in primetime. Right now, the Vikings' best win is against Dallas, who's 6-6 six and six and might have the second-worst coach in the NFL next to Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. And, and they beat Oakland, who's 6-6 six and six, but has a minus 84-point differential. Like, this one will have no asterisks next to it with Kirk Cousins. If he goes out to Seattle and plays really well tonight, then you can say... Something is different with this man. I don't know what it is. I don't know why he turned this corner, aside from having Kubiak and a lot of help around him. But this is usually the game, even when he has a good scheme and a good set of receivers and so forth, that he still doesn't win. He's got an opportunity to completely change that tonight. Oh, 100%. You know, I was talking uh, to some folks today about Brady, right? Brady's numbers aren't what they've been at his height, at his peak, right? So now there's the concern of is is he fading at age 59 or whatever he is, right? But he's a guy where even when you look at the numbers and they're not what maybe they've been at the peak of his career, you still know he's Brady. And you still know in those critical moments who you're going to get. It's the opposite, Kyler, with Kirk Cousins. If you just look at paper, right, if you look at the numbers and you say, here's a guy with his QBR, his completion percentage, his accuracy of production on play action. If you just look at that stuff and just hand those numbers to someone, mm-hmm. that person's going to say, this is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. Right. I mean, of course you want this guy. But then if you see him play and you see him in these big moments kind of shrinking, that's when you go, I don't care about the numbers because I don't trust him in those moments. He wins tonight, and I think all of a sudden the what we see on paper begins to align with what we've actually seen on film, seen in games. And then you'll start to see people go, oh, wait a minute, those numbers are real. If he struggles, if he does what he's done too often throughout his career, you know what we're going to say? I don't care about the numbers. I care about what I know, and that's when that clutch moment arrives, he's not going to be ready. And the challenge with that is this is a team that will very likely be in a position where they've got to go win on the road if they're going to advance in the playoffs and maybe make a Super Bowl run. That's why I think tonight's so important. How do you show up in a crazy environment that could be sort of a duplicate of what you face long-term in the playoff picture? But if Kirk is bad, it's going to be the same narrative. I mean, you can honestly say he has a chance to rewrite a portion of the narrative about him and his career with a great performance tonight. 
And what a coincidence. I wrote about that at scorenorth.com, our website. And you can go there and Look read at about that. it. How about that? You walked right into that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm stocked into Malone, baby. Um, <laughs> stocked into Malone. Well, yes. <laughs> Wait, am I stocked? Well, I don't care. Well, don't forget. I know what you mean. <laughs> maybe you could be like, yeah. All right. We'll just leave that one alone. Um, you could be Mark Jackson. I'll be Reggie Miller. I'm good from Mark's deep. Mark's Reggie. That works. Yeah. And, that works. and you that have works. a low center of Reggie? gravity, so you can back someone yeah, down true. to the post. Um, That's true. That's what I was good at. Yeah. You know, like eighth grade basketball, man. I was ferocious. <laughs> uh, so do you ever think about, Myron, how funny it is that when we talk about Kirk Cousins, it's all correct in, to say that, hey, the guy hasn't beaten good teams. In almost every year he's been a starting quarterback, he's had games where he could get his team into the playoffs or win a playoff game, and he just hasn't shown up in that particular game. But it also feels antiquated the way we talk about Kirk Cousins. Like saying the words clutch and can he be a winner in 2019 feels like i should be mike and the mad dog in 1992 or something right do you ever find this sort of funny but i think that with cousins he's the very rare quarterback where it is fair to talk this way yeah i think it is fair and i think we have never had more tools to assess quarterback play uh to assess players in general and i love the analytics i love everything that we do today and you know, whether it's pro football talk or, you know, pro football focus, I'm sorry, or football outside. There's all these tools we have that tell us, like, how good a player actually is. We've never been able to do that in the ways that we can today. However, you also have to consider what the general public thinks. And the general public doesn't care about that stuff. Like, the general public isn't studying QBR and passer rating and all those things. What they see is really simple. It's results. Win and loss. Wins and losses, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and what you do over the course of a career. And I think Kirk Cousins uh, could kind of be like, let me let me say this, Kobe Bryant, I'm going to bring him up, right? I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Kobe. But the way we view Kobe in the analytics era is he was a volume shooter who played maybe one of the worst opponent runs in title history. He got five championships, but it wasn't like he was playing all these great teams. And now when people talk about great basketball players, he's kind of down on the list because, you know, the numbers now, the analytics say that he wasn't a good player. However, if you say the name Kobe to fans that saw him, they're going to tell you he was great. There's nothing you can tell them to change that. Kirk Cousins, to me, is the opposite of that. He's a guy where you can tell everyone about the analytics and his QBR and all of these things that really make you sound pretty smart. However... Fans don't care because they want to see results, and they're tired of seeing him in the same situations and not executing. And that's how he'll be defined for the duration of his career unless he changes that. And I do think tonight is an opportunity to say, listen, you win at Seattle, where can't you win, Colin? If you win at Seattle tonight, where can't you win yeah, in the NFC right. playoffs? Yeah, you can win anywhere. Uh still say San Francisco would be pretty tough, but I generally overall agree. I mean, since Seattle – did beat San Francisco. What's interesting about Cousins is that the analytics always kind of pointed to him, like the reasons why he hasn't been a winner, like third down and longs and things like that, big-time throws, throwing into traffic. And this year, not so much the throwing into traffic part, but the big-time throws, third downs, he's changed that all around. He's been really, really good. And whether it sustains, that's what's going to be fascinating, and we start to find out tonight. Who do you think wins this football game, Myron? I think Minnesota wins. Um, I think Dalvin Cook has a huge day. 
and I think they just cut them up with play action. But I think it comes down to a crazy fourth quarter drive where the defense has to make a stand, um, and and they get the win by by three. I mean, it's not going to be a yeah ten points or something like that. But I think they win. All right. Well, Myron, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You and I will get together um, on Friday, so I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, man. Sounds good, man. Myron Metcalf there of ESPN, and we jump right from one of my favorite people to another one of my favorite people from Pro Football Focus. Uh, a late add to the roster here. We'll call him the uh, the Brett Rippin, who we just add to the, to the bottom of the roster. Um, Pro Football Focus is Eric Eager. What's going on, Eric? Dude, I think Brett Rippin's better than Drew Locke, so maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Yeah, well, I just picked that out because the tweet right in front of me was Broncos re-signing Brett Rippin to their practice squad, so um, take that for, for whatever it's worth. But, uh, Eric, where I want to start with you is Adam Thielen's continued absence. Kirk Cousins has been actually terrific without Adam Thielen, which you wouldn't have necessarily said was going to happen when Thielen went down with a hamstring injury, but... This is a little different. This is having to beat Russell Wilson. This is having to go to Seattle without Adam Thielen against a team that oddly uses three linebackers all the time and takes away a little bit of your advantage there with big personnel. So what do you make of the matchup now that Thielen is officially out? Yeah, as you said, no one runs more base personnel, you know, fewer than five defensive backs on the field more than Seattle. And I think... You know, they, they ironically have played a schedule that hasn't made them pay for that. I mean, the Thursday night game, the Rams really ate them up with 11 personnel. Uh, there, there have been other games where the defense hasn't looked very good. Um, but like last week against the Eagles, the Eagles had, you know, terrible wide receiver injuries. And, you know, unfortunately for them, they couldn't take advantage of the base personnel. Uh, that the Seahawks employed. Same thing this week. Uh, you probably know this better than me, but I think the issue with the, the Vikings missing Thielen, I mean, the, the the worst that they've played offensively during this stretch of time where Cousins has played well was the game where they plan on having Thielen for the majority of the game. He went out after about five snaps, Correct. and they were sort of they were sort of struggling after this week. And again, you probably know this better than me. It seems like they were planning on having him. Uh, they, they cut Josh Doxson early on, uh, and you know he came up on the injury report later in the week. I wonder if that's sort of the common theme, you know, if they struggle tonight offensively, if that's the common theme uh, with, you know, Thielen being out. If they give them the whole week, they're probably fine. But, you know, in a pinch, uh, they sort of struggle to find a complimentary receiver to Stephon Dix. I definitely agree. He was questionable throughout most of the week, or I'm sorry, limited, and then listed as questionable. And my feeling was that he was going to play. Ian Rappaport reported that, the, the the general feeling within the building was that he was going to play, and then it came as a surprise that he wasn't even going to travel. He wasn't even going to walk out onto the field and, and give it the old college try before the game tonight. That was surprising to me. Um, but the difference, I think, that between losing him and the, you know continuing to succeed is whether they can work the ball to people like Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And the difference maker there is these linebackers and just how good they are, Eric. It's not... Okay, they use three linebackers all the time, but they stink. Like they're good players. Uh, you know, KJ Wright is good. Bobby Wagner's great, and Michael Kendricks can play. Also, he was uh, you know a big member of the Eagles team when they won the Super Bowl. But at the same time, I still think there are some mismatches there to be had. How good is Seattle's defense right now? Not like you know the beginning of the season where I think they were garbage, but I think recently they've played pretty well at times. 
Yeah, Seattle's really interesting as a team because every year you want to say, okay, this is the year where it's all going to crumble. And, you know, last season it was like, well, but they do have, like, superstars on their team. They have Bobby Wagner. They have, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, Doug Baldwin. They have, you know, Earl Thomas and obviously Russell Wilson. And then Earl leaves, uh, you know, Baldwin leaves, so on and so forth. And they've, they've still cultivated superstars. Wagner's one of the best players in the NFL at his position. He's taken a little bit of a step back this year, but he's still really, really good. You know, K.J. Wright's a terrific player. Uh, and then they added Jadavion Clowney. I know he's dealt with the hernia a little bit, but he's probably going to play this week. And he's just somebody we saw, you know, in a very similar matchup on a Monday night football game a few weeks ago. He, ba- he basically single-handedly destroyed the San Francisco offense and their ability to throw to backs and tight ends by just providing, you know, pressure in the passing game, uh, a great run stopper in the run game. And, and to me, like when I look at that defense, from 1 to 11, they're not, I don't think that they're particularly good, but from 1 to 3, I think they're, they're as good as any team in the NFL, uh, with Wagner, uh, Jadavion Clowney, and then, you know, KJ Wright is sort of the third superstar in that defense. And what we've seen from the Vikings offensive line is that one thing they're susceptible to is one player ruining the entire game. In week four, that was Khalil Mack. He had something like, I don't know, 12 pressures or something crazy. And in the first half, even against Vaughn Miller, he did kind of the same thing to the Vikings, uh, you know, when they play Denver, where it's one player who's making such a huge impact. I think that the possibility for that um, comes tonight. But you know what's really interesting to me with these two teams, Eric, is we hate to talk about establishing the run, and it just is one of those things where your brain immediately shuts off. It's like when someone says culture, you just go, Bleh, like, I'm not going to listen to yeah. anything else you have to say. But both of these teams seem to live off of getting to second and five or second and four. And it's changed the way that I've looked at it a little, watching this so closely, how every time the Vikings are in second and six, five or four, three, they can run their play actions and take shots off of that. And Seattle does the same thing. I think this game has the potential to have a lot of runs on first down, which we all sort of will roll our eyes, but also big, deep shots down the field. And this could be a high-scoring one. Yeah, I think if you're a Vikings fan, you really have to hope for that, right? Because, you know, when they get into a situation where they have to get light on offense, they're playing 11 personnel, they take the tight ends off the field, uh, and then they ask Kirk to go in a shotgun and throw the ball, um, especially with the receivers that they have, uh, it, it becomes a long night for them, right? But when they can sort of stay ahead of the sticks, and again, the easiest way to stay ahead of the sticks is to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs on first and 10. But, you know, provided that they're going to hand the ball uh, to Dalvin Cook and, you know, be in second and six, second and seven, um, the, the best thing that they can do is to keep, you know, the, the big guys on the field run play action, throw the crossers, throw the ball underneath to the backs, uh, hit digs on the deep ball, you know, the deep crossers and the deep shots. Like, that's where they can win. And I think Seattle's defense is pretty disciplined and they're pretty uh, sound, but that's the way to beat them. The way to beat them is to not get behind tonight uh, and have to get out of your, you know, get in, you know, three wide receivers and so on and so forth uh, and try to exploit them that way. Uh, it's to stay ahead of everything. And both teams do a pretty good job of that when they're, when they're winning. Let me give you, for my last question, Eric, a hot routes question from a few days ago. Who would you compare Russell Wilson to historically? Clearly no one's this short, but the rest of his profile. Yeah, that's a really good... Oh, man, I'm trying to think of, like... I'll give you who I said. I said Steve Young. 
Like very, yes, uh, very athletic. Say, yes. Doesn't have to necessarily run accurate in the pocket, out of the pocket. Yep. The difference, I think the only difference, but you're right. I mean, he, Young is the only player in NFL history that has combined. So you look at like Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was never as efficient as Russell Wilson is, right? From day one, Wilson was a 100-pack quarterback rating guy, uh, along with the athleticism. Uh, I think also Cunningham was a little bit of a better runner. Young, uh, you know, his early days in Tampa Bay weren't very good, but set, from the moment he got into Mike Holmgren's offense in San Francisco, he was the league's leading passer. <laughs> and you combine that with running that can break your back. Running is not a necessary part of Russell Wilson's game, but it's a an add-on mm-hmm. that goes in, in conjunction with how brilliant he is as a passer. I think it's a great, I think it's a great comparison, and it just shows you how sort of otherworldly we are in the NFL right now where a guy like Russell Wilson really doesn't have a true comparison in league history. We have to go to basically a left-handed quarterback in a West Coast offense <laughs> to find the closest one. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes for any of these guys. I mean, the, I, you keep hearing, oh, uh, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick. Only the running, though. The throwing is yeah. not Michael Vick. The throwing has been brilliant this year. So uh, it is a wonderful time that we live in for quarterbacks. Uh, Eric, great stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on. Let me ask you before you go. I couldn't get Sage Rosenfels to predict who was going to win um, because he's a football player and he didn't want to do that. Uh, who do you think will win tonight? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think it's close. I think Seattle ends up winning the game. I, I've said before that I think the Vikings are a live underdog, and I do agree with that. But I think it's a field goal game on either side, and, and just because they're playing in Seattle and they have the better quarterback, I'm going to go with Seattle. But I do think if you're a Vikings fan, you certainly don't have to go into this game worried that your team is going to be competitive. I think the Vikings keep this one close. Yeah, I totally agree. Eric, thanks for your time, sir. Thanks for having me. Eric uh, Eager, special guest, usually comes on like Wednesdays, but you know, there's a game tonight. Follow him at PFF underscore Eric and uh, listen to the PFF forecast podcast. It's really good. I mean, it really is. Him and George Shahuri. Maybe we can get George on later this week. Um, but I listen to it all the time when I'm running. So it's it's awesome. When we come back, Courtney Cronin is in Seattle and she's going to tell us what the hell happened with Adam Thielen. He was trending toward playing and now he's not. So we will uh, discuss Seahawks, Vikings, game of the year. Definitely right now. So we'll uh, we'll be right back. We'll continue talking about it here on Purple Daily. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.